Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. I tell you what, I have had more issues that I've run into with landlords just not wanting to fix things correctly. I had a deck that he had framed out of dimensional lumber and then put cheap stain on it. So seven, eight years in, it was all completely rotten. I actually fell through part of it. And that was when I was like, okay, we're done. We're out of here. And uh, he would not repair it, even though that was part of it. So even I have gotten burned from landlords on this kind of stuff. And I've had I've had renters trash my places too, so I've had it on both sides of this. But demanding repairs is big and understanding what it means for you to do your part within that. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today on this beautiful Memorial Day weekend. Hope everybody else is enjoying their time out there. I will be as well this weekend with a ton of different projects. Hey, if you've been uh, following us over on our YouTube page, which go over to uh, at KPTV Fox 12 and look for Around the House. Once you get there, you can see the, uh, well, I built a big patio cover here the last few weeks that ended up on the show there. So you can make sure and catch it over there. And we've got about 60 plus videos over there for you to take a look at. So whether you're on the radio or the podcast, you can check it out over there. Well, today I wanted to talk about renting a home from a renter's point of view. All the people out there that are that are trying to rent a home or or maybe even thinking about renting a home, these are my tips for somebody that wants to be a tenant. And this is an important one here. So before you start out, uh, my first tip here is know your rights. And you can actually go over to uh, the Department of uh, U.S. Department of Housing and Ur- Urban Development, which is HUD.gov. And then you can take a look and see what your renter's rights are over there. Uh, here are my tips, though, because I want I want you to really be able to understand what are the most important things. And I have been a renter. I have been a landlord. So I've seen this from two sides, guys. And there is a happy medium in there. So tip number one, bring your paperwork. So if they want things filled out, if they want you to have that application, get it on hand and have it filled out. Maybe you might be getting ahead of yourself if you don't like it, but if you love it, you're going to really, really be ahead. And, uh, you know, there's going to be that completed rental application you know, written references from the landlords, employers, colleagues, and then a current copy of your credit report is pretty good. That will help you. You can hand it right to them and go, look, boom, here I am. And that could be your TransUnion, Experian, Equifax. Uh, another tip for that, go to annualcreditreport.com and you can get that right there. And that will be able to help you. So that's the first one. Be prepared for the first meeting there, the showing what you're doing. And then my second tip 
is an important one here. Review the lease. Carefully review everything before you sign it. This is your contract. So your rental agreement um, will probably contain some stuff that you're going to go, oh, I don't know about that. But understand it. You know, are there restrictions on parking, on pets, you know, changing a paint color, maybe working from home or running a home business? Make sure you understand what you can do and what you can't. And then number two, never take anything on a verbal note. Everything should be in writing. Because what you're trying to do is is hold up to yourself, you know, whether it's a pet. Hey, can I have a cat? Oh, sure, you can have a cat. No problem. If it's not in the paperwork, really, it doesn't doesn't count. So you need to have everything written down so it's all in understanding. And that's a key right there, you know. If you... Who's responsible for repairs? You know, put it in writing. Have everything written out so you and the landlord have a copy. You know, um, if the landlord says, hey, this is an agreement, this is cool, follow up with a email afterwards. And the email will stand up at court. Make sure that you've got that. Now, I tell you what, I have been burned as a landlord. I have been burned as a rental. Heck, my last rental you know, we painted the house. The house had not been painted. It was horribly maintained. I jumped on it. I knew we were only going to be in there for about a year or two as we were waiting for the kids to get done with high school so we could move out of district. And sure enough, the super cheap landlord that I had, uh, we put high quality paint throughout the house, painted it. Nothing crazy on colors. Just had a little bit of color here and there. And he held all of our deposit and it was going to cost me more to paint it than it was to, um, and I had an email, but I just didn't want to go to court. I should have gone to court, but at some point you have to look at it and say, okay, the attorney's going to get rich on this, not me. It's going to cost me more for an attorney, and he knew it. So you just got to be careful with those kind of things. So make sure you've got everything in writing. Now, here's the thing. Protecting yourself when it comes to privacy rights, you know, the rent and security deposits are the the two hot buttons out of this whole thing. Now, the biggest things that I see are the misunderstandings that get over, you know, when the landlord can come inspect, when the landlord can uh, come enter the property. Make sure you understand your privacy rights, you know, like the amount of time that it takes the landlord to give you notice to come visit, those kind of things. That way you understand what that is. Now, one of the most important things too is going through and demanding repairs. If you go walk through and go, this is broken, this is bad, this is not functioning, you know, and the and I'm talking big stuff here, guys. I'm talking about, you know, the most landlords in the US are required to offer their tenants a limitable, uh, you know, livable place to be. You know, weatherproofing, heat, water, electricity, clean, sanitary, you know, nice structural home. And it should be in good repair. So you have options. And this is where I'm not an attorney, but you might have to get one. There are things that you can do from withholding a portion of the rent, paying for repairs and deducting the cost for your rent. Um, calling the building inspector, which is a double-edged sword. Because sometimes you could get yourself where you call the building. I've seen this happen. People call the building inspector, go, hey, this place isn't suitable to live. And the building inspector goes, you're right. 
this thing's red tagged. You got to move out. So make sure that, uh, you know, you have a place to go if that was to happen. And that's a big one. And then worst case, move it out. You know, the thing is, is you do not want to be in an unhealthy situation. But at the same point, you don't want to make bad decisions that uh, can cost you thousands of dollars in the future, especially if this ends up going to court. So make sure that uh, when repairs come up, demand them. If you damage something and you're going to fix it, ask your landlord, hey, this happened. Can I fix this? They might just say, no, 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 it's okay. Let me come do it. Or if they know that you're a capable repair person and you're listening to a show like this, then maybe they'll let you do it. But uh, I tell you what, I have had more issues that I've run into with landlords just not wanting to fix things correctly. I had a deck that he had framed out of dimensional lumber and then put cheap stain on it. So seven, eight years in, it was all completely rotten. Actually fell through part of it. And that was when I was like, okay, we're done. We're out of here. And uh, he would not repair it, even though that was part of it. So even I have gotten burned from landlords on this kind of stuff. And I've had, I've had renters trash my places too. So I've had it on both sides of this, but demanding repairs is big and understanding what it means for you to do your part within that. Now, the next one here we'll talk about when we come back and it's an important one. It's probably the one that you can stop most of the issues with if you just do one thing. And that's a big one. And we'll talk about that when we come back. Hey, if you want to get a hold of me, head over to aroundthehouseonline.com. You can send a message over there in the Contact Us page. Or make sure you follow on Facebook or Instagram. Look for Around the House Show or uh, my new Facebook and Instagram, which is Around the House Northwest. That's for the TV show. All right, everybody. We'll be back after these important messages. We're starting out the first part of the show here talking about those tips to renting a home or an apartment. We'll be right back. show now i want to say we've got some fun and exciting stuff coming up in june here that um boy i'll tell you what uh, it's going to be very exciting and uh, some new stuff for around the house show here on the radio and podcast so this will be especially for the podcast some new stuff out there and if you are listening on the radio thank you support those advertisers that you're hearing on that radio station and i really appreciate all of my radio listeners and i'm talking to you those sponsors there are what keep us on the air on the radio on uh, over 50 stations across the U.S., so thank you. Now, if you want more about Around the House, head over to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. We've been talking today here in this first few segments about renting a home or apartment and some of my tips for doing that. Now, the next one here is communicating with your landlord, having that open line of communication. That is going to stop probably 75% of the issues out there and having a respectful discussion, because that's the key, right? Making sure that you get what you want, they get what they want, and, you know, it can be tough. 
Now that could be an on-site manager. It could be the maintenance person. It could be a bunch of different people. It could be a rental company that's managing that for the landlord. It could be one of those things. But having a good communication with them and having a good discussion, that can most likely prevent a legal battle if you have two decent humans working together. Now, one of the most important things for you in protecting yourself is owning a very solid renter's insurance plan. And I mean, I want to see you have over 50,000 bucks for the policy. If you've got more stuff than that, have even more of it. But that three or 400 bucks a year, probably it'll cost you totally worth it. That way, if there's a theft or a fire, which is common, you're going to be okay. This is where you want to be protected. And the best way you can do that is through that liability and renter's insurance. Make sure you're good. Now, the next move that I have here is protecting your security deposit. Now, first thing I want you to do is before you rent it and you sign the paperwork, do a walkthrough when it's empty. Put the date on it. Just do a video walkthrough so you have it covered. Note any of the issues you have. If the carpet is stained, note it. All these things. Pretend like you're trying to defend yourself in court. Make sure that you've got everything noted. It's well lit. You've got all that stuff taken care of. You know, you want to make sure that that rental agreement is clear like we were talking about, which includes allowable deductions. I have seen landlords try to pull fast ones on friends of mine where they, oh, well, we I, I take out the money for the carpet cleaning and the maintenance at the end. No, 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 no. Make sure you understand what is legal in your area. And more importantly, what's going on? What are they getting you on? So make sure that they don't get take those fees and stuff out at the end. If they do, make sure you understand it going in because that's not really a deposit if there's no way for you to get it back. And then, you know, here's the thing. Do your research on the area that you're looking at. You know, it's hard to get into some things like Nextdoor, but if you know somebody that lives close by, jump on their Nextdoor app and see all the Karens on there complaining. Trust me, there's plenty of them. Uh, and just make sure that you are in a safe area. I tell you what, I moved into Tacoma, Washington, out of the Tri-Cities in eastern Washington, you know, 25 years ago. And when I did, I moved in. I'm there for my first night in this little hole-in-the-wall apartment because I was working there during the week and going home on the weekends trying to get my house sold. I could hear automatic gunfire outside of my apartment. Now, I only knew I was going to be there for three or four months because I need to get my house sold and get one bought. But, oh, my gosh, it was brutal. It was a rough neighborhood. So these are things that you really want to make sure you're getting to the right area. Now, and here's the other issue. Do not, no, a little side note here, do not work with your landlord and ignore their advice because that is how evictions happen. You know, dealing with that eviction notice and communicating things, you know, if, if, the, if you're, if you're like, Hey, I'm getting taken advantage of here. The landlord is clearly wrong. You know, you haven't got proper notice, whatever's legal in your States, you may want to fight it, but unless you have a lot of provable facts, you're going to lose this battle. So you could end up even paying the landlord's court costs if you're really in the wrong. So you got to be very careful. You need to be very careful with that. 
But really, doing your research, finding a good place, and having everything ready to go are the keys here. And that's going to cover us today on my top 10 tips for finding that rental unit or renter's you know, apartment or whatever you're looking for out there. All the rules are the same. Just make sure you're protected and everything's written down. Now to a question that came in from John from Montana. Well, actually, John from Pennsylvania, because he did say he moved from Montana to Pennsylvania. And he was asking about how do you remove moss from a roof? And there's a couple ways to do that. First off, I never advise anybody to get up there with any kind of a composition roof to get up there with the pressure washer, because unless you want to take that roof and degrade it severely, that's how you're going to do that. So that is going to be too powerful to do it with. So there's a couple different ways you can do it. I actually like to go out and start out with kidding, putting a zinc strip across the ridge line. And you can get that stuff. It's a moss removing zinc strip. It's just zinc. It's just a little wide, like inch, inch and a half roll. And you put it along the ridge and nail it down with, you know, with roofing nails on the very tip of the ridge. And it works really well because what that's going to do is help kill the moss. Personally, I like to kill the moss first and then let it come off. So the first thing I want to do is by killing it, it'll help break it down. It'll make it easier to remove later. And uh, so that works really well, especially in a rainy climate, because the water will hit that zinc. It will run down the roof and naturally kill the moss. Now, there are powders that you can get out there, which is uh, any of the the zincs, you know, like moss beware and those kind of things. Um, It's basically a zinc sulfate monohydrate, which if you have a big roof, you can go to your local feed store and get a bag of it. But that is the first way to do it by killing it. I like to, if you do the, the strip, it'll just stay up there. It takes a little bit longer, but if you're patient, that'll kill it, especially if you're in a rainy time of the year. Or you can get up there with like the moss beware, moss be gone, all those different things and sprinkle that on the roof. But uh, that zinc is the, is the cure for killing it. And so there's a lot of different ways you can make your own moss remover. and Again, this is one of those things that I really am not a fan of. I think you should be using one of the the zinc products because a lot of these DIY recipes will say, you know, um, I like it when they just say, hey, use some uh, Dawn Ultra and some water. Um, What I don't like is the bleaches. I think you can ruin the roof surface up there with that. So I do not recommend taking a bleach up there. But I think your best bet is going to be like, two to three cups of white distilled vinegar with two gallons of water and spray that. That will probably be your best bet. We'll tackle the rest of getting that moss off your roof just as soon as Around the House returns. around the house show now we've been talking here about trying to make sure that uh, you get that roof moss cleaned up it was a 
great question that we had come in from John from Pennsylvania. And uh, that's an important one of getting that roof maintained because I tell you what, if you got that moss growing up there on the roof, that is going to be a big problem. Well, we've been talking about, you know, using the zinc strip across the top and that kind of stuff. But really, if you're going to get up on the roof and tackle it yourself, make sure that one, you're up there in a safe matter. So follow the OSHA guidelines, tie off if you have to, uh, make sure you're wearing the right gear. No need to be falling off the roof. But one of the biggest things here is you want to hose it off with just regular water, spraying down, never spray up on a roof and get the water under the shingles. And then you just need a really soft, long-handled bristle scrub brush. And you're going to just keep scrubbing top down. And no matter what, do not lift the shingles. But you got to be super gentle because the thing you don't want to do is remove the granules. You're going to remove some anyway, but you really almost have to hand, if you have clumps of moss, you almost have to just carefully get in there and hand pick those out because they're going to be attached to the roof surface. So that's why I want one to make sure it's killed and dead. And then two, that scrubbing is going to make a difference. But again, I really want to see that moss dead before you get up there and try doing that. There's a lot of companies you can pay to come do it to do all these different soft wash things. That's if you're going to pay for some to do it. If somebody shows up with a high pressure pressure washer, that's when I figured out that I hired the wrong people for the job because uh, that pressure washer is not good for the roof. So at no circumstance should you be up there with that. Just a really low pressure sudsy water can do all the work it needs to do. And when in doubt, just let it keep degrading. It will break down up there. It might not look pretty for a bit, but if you ride it out, you can get that mostly cut down and then it'll eventually die. And then you're good to go. Our next question came in via the website around the house online over in the contact us form from Patty. Patty asked, do you have any suggestions for cleaning grease, mold, mildew, plant material, etc., off a concrete patio? The previous owner didn't apparently clean it. Uh, Patty has tried vinegar, baking soda, Dawn dish soap, bleach, 30 seconds cleaner with a broom brush. Nothing is doing a good job yet. Doesn't own a pressure washer. So, uh, Patty says, thanks for your guidance. Here's the thing. Now, there's a couple things you have to remember when you're using these different cleaners. Bleach is not my favorite. Uh, but combined with other things, it can work pretty good. 30 seconds outdoor cleaner does work. But... It's to be honest, to me, it doesn't work as great as a pressure washer. But what you have to do is you have to have a surface that has been dry for a couple weeks, super dry, spray it on there, follow the directions. It needs to be on there for a while. Scrub brush, all of that, spray it off. That will kind of work. It'll work just about as good as anything else. But I'll, here's the honest truth, Patty. I would go rent a pressure washer. Because for what they're going to charge you for the pressure washer from your local home center to rent, you'll probably spend more money on chemicals and tools to do it by hand. So if you can go down to your local tool rental store, buy a nice high quality pressure washer. And if it's a big patio, you can get one of those rotary connectors that go on the end. It's a little like a round disc and underneath it has a rotary tool for doing it. That will do the best job in my book. Now, there are some great garage floor cleaners, which are great for the grease and the mold and really the the oils. And that is some of the, like the Zep garage cleaner. That stuff works really well on removing oils. 
Oils are pretty good because you can actually hit that with an enzyme that'll eat it. And, you know, it'll still keep coming out of there, but you could actually do that and it will work. It will come out of there. So the grease and stuff is good, but that deep down dirt and that uh, deep down, uh, you know, um, plant material, mold, mildew, even if if you can't get Dawn to break it up, you got to go for the pressure washer. You know, um, I would I would say if you were a professional and knew what you were doing, I've seen p- people go out there and acid etch it, but um, that's not great for the environment, not good for you, not good for a typical homeowner. But if it was me, I would just go rent the pressure washer for a few hours, get some good cleaner for the pressure washer, and spray away and let the pressure do the work. And then after it's dried and you got it looking good, you might go around and seal it. A sealant on that will help you keep it from being as dirty and have make it a little bit easier to maintain. That will make life a little bit easier for you. And that's a great question. If you want to ask more questions, head over to Around the House online and send us a message right there. Well, in the second half of the show today, I wanted to talk about really my top smart home tech products to help protect your investment in your home. So if you're a homeowner, or even if you're a landlord, like we were talking earlier, this is something that you should think about having in every single home that can protect your investment. Now, it's just one, not one product, but I've got a handful of them that I use at my house that I've been testing on that I think are really important to have. Uh, One of them I had on the show this last week on Around the House Northwest Television Show, and you can catch the video over there for that that I did. I did an in-depth interview with the founder of this, and it is absolutely cool. This is made by Whisker Labs, and it's called Ting Fire. And you've heard me talk about it on the show before, but this product, you literally plug it into an outlet in your house, and it will monitor your entire home for electrical problems. So it's going to look for electrical shorts because when electricity makes a noise in the back of an outlet or something like that, or if you've got some kind of a short going someplace, it senses it and it'll notify you. And it actually watches all the way up to the transformer of your house. So it goes all the way out to the pole. And that's what's really cool about this or in the ground if you've got underground cable. But what it does is it monitors that and then you have a smart home app that you can take a look at, and they will notify you if you have some kind of an electrical fault that could cause a fire. They have prevented over 50,000 house fires. And this just plugs in. And here's the cool part of this. Many of the insurance companies are paying for this for homeowners. Because guess what? If they can spend a little bit and prevent a house fire, pretty smart for them to give it to you, right? That's how well this works. So uh, for more information on it, just head over to uh, YouTube. You can catch up my YouTube over there. And I'll actually, I'll put it up on our social media here so you can take a look at it. I'll put it up on the uh, Facebook page uh, around the house show so you can find it there. Just look for Whisker Labs. And it's called Ting Fire. Plug it in, and it's basically a great insurance policy to having an electrical fire prevention device in your home. Now, if you take a spade bit and drill through a power cable in your wall trying to put the new TV in, that's on you. This is not what this is designed for. This is designed for looking for small issues. And the cool thing is it has a $1,000 insurance policy for an electrician to come out and fix the problem so they know what that sound that it made looks like. So yeah, it can even help fix your house on top of that. And that's called Whisker Labs is the company. Ting Fire is the product. 
Really cool. The second one is, I think it's really important in protecting your home. And it's actually made by Growy, the faucet people. You know who I'm talking about? And this is a device that really prevents the water breaks and stuff in your house. It will find those for you, which I love. So let's talk about this here. Their water leak detection system detection is really cool. So they call it Growy Sense Guard. And what Growy Sense Guard is, it can really, honestly, it'll stop water damage in its tracks. We come back, we'll talk more about those details here because this is something that if your system senses a water break in your home, let's say you had a frozen pipe or the washing machine hose line broke as you know, as you're as you're out of town, this will sit here and turn the water off to your house when it senses that you have a problem. We'll talk about so much more about this just as soon as Around the House returns. Don't go anywhere. through information and education. Thanks for joining us. If you're just catching us on the radio, check us out anywhere you catch the podcast. Just look for Around the House Show. Or you can head over to our Facebook, which is Around the House Show, and our closed group there where you can share up projects. And that is Around the House Nation. It's a closed group where you can share up the projects. I want to see what you're working on. What's everybody working on today? Well, today I've been talking about here some important parts that you could add to your home to help protect that investment in this last bit of the show today. And uh, next up uh, in the second hour, if you're catching the second hour coming up here after this segment or in the next podcast here, that is going to be, we're going to talk about heated towel racks and how easy they are to put in your home. And I tell you what, after putting one in, this is something you're going to want to check out. But right now we're talking about leak detection and Growy makes Growy SenseGuard. And this really just stops damage in its tracks. This is what's cool about this. This sits here and stops water breaks because if the notice is something broke and you have water running, it turns it off. What's interesting is 37% of U.S. homeowners claim to have suffered losses from water damage. And 10% of households right now have water leakages, according to the EPA. And water damage could have been prevented in 93% of those cases. And then, of course, the average price of a home water damage insurance claim is $6,965. Of course, it varies depending where it is. But uh, here's the cool thing here. This is super smart. You basically plug it in, and it goes in line of the water coming into your house. And you have remote sensors that you can install. And this literally goes around and it will sense a leak. It will sense a water break and turn off the water to your house and notify you on the smart home versus the uh, Ondas app that they have. And that is really cool. 
So it will tell you your digital personal water profile, which is cool. And so it's going to tell you exactly what's going on. You walk through to the installation and it's a really cool way. It's going to tell you um, the humidity in the space. So if you put that sensor down in there, it'll tell you, hey, it's getting cold down there and you've got high humidity. It's going to tell you if the water's on. It's going to tell you what your water pressure is and what your water flow is. It's giving you all these important things to your house. So this is really important smart home tech. And it's something for you to check out. It's one of those things that can really save some serious damage to your home. All because you're using it. Now, another thing we've talked about, you've heard me talk about it here before. My friends over at Deep Sentinel, if you need home security, that is what I use at my house. And that is my favorite home security option because they use real live guards. Uh, None of these things are being paid for here that I'm talking about today. This is just my belief of things that I've been using that I think are the best things to use around your house. Uh, So none of this is sponsored uh, sponsored content. This is not anything anybody's paying me a dime for. But here's the thing. You know, Deep Sentinel is a great way to go. Uh, It will give you a live card watching over your residence. I think it's a smart way to go if you're a business person or just somebody that wants to be safe. Now, the other thing that I really love, if you have package theft in your area, and this is cool, MB Sentinel. We're going to have them on the show here soon. MB Sentinel. These guys make mailboxes that hold your packages. They're like a safe for your delivery drop box. So it's really cool. And these things fit either where you can go in the side of your garage where it can drop the packages into your garage. It can go into a box out by the mailbox. It can go into a post, like a column. It can mount in multiple places. It can go into an entryway, into a, into there. It is really cool. And these things are very impressive. These guys even did the math for you. 94% of all Amazon packages shipped will fit in their system. Which is cool. It doesn't matter if you're in the city or the country. These things work really well. It is a Dropbox. And so what it is, and you can find it more out at mbsentinel.com. And uh, I'm going to have to do a project with these guys because I I love this stuff. And it is their box gobbler. So basically, somebody comes up and puts the code in that's your delivery driver because you put the code in there. And all of a sudden, they open it up and they can drop in and it's an insulated panel. And somebody has an access where they can drop that big package inside and you'll never have a package theft because it's going to be dropped inside your house whether you're home or not, which is cool. And another thing, I love these guys. These guys have been, uh, since 2021, have been sponsors and helping with the St. Jude Dream Home. So I love these guys. So in 2022, they were approved to sponsor 30 more Dream Homes. And these guys are given back to the community. MB Sentinel. These guys are pretty trick. I like what they're doing there. And I think that's important stuff. I love companies that are given back. And you can go through with these guys and build your box. So they have the through wall inserts like I was talking about. They have fence and column integrations where if you've got a, a column out maybe with a gate post, you could put it in that. And they also have these kind of curbside and driveway placements as well. And so they've got little boxes, big ones. I think it's really cool stuff. And it's something sure to uh, make sure and take a look at as well. Because I think it's going to be something that's really important 
to keeping those package thefts, especially when you're traveling, right? These are important things that you should be having around your house. And I think that could be a nice addition to your residence. So those are kind of my top ones here to go. Uh, you know, go-to items for your house that can prevent a fire, a flood, someone breaking in, and of course, packages getting stolen. So those are some of the people's really biggest problems that we see out there that are easily preventable. And I like that that can happen. Now, usually in the midweek special, which is our podcast, we talk about recalls, but there's an important one out there I want you to, to know about, a couple of them out there. American Woodmark has recalled a bunch of continental cabinets in Hampton Bay kitchen wall cabinets due to an impact hazard. Now, first off, this is from the Consumer Product Safety Commission, cpsc.gov forward slash recalls. And this was from May 11th. But here's the thing. Tells you one thing. American Woodmark is the ones that make Continental Cabinets and Hampton Bay Cabinets from Home Depot. But here's the problem. The way that the backs were fastened on their wall cabinets... They're saying that the consumer should immediately stop using recalled cabinets and contact American Woodmark for a free repair kit, which includes two brackets with a set of covers and screws. And if you can't put it on, they will provide that assistance. Basically, these cabinets are falling off the wall, posing an impact hazard. And so these cabinets, which are traditionally particle board, even in plywood, but usually the backs of these cabinets made by American Woodmark are traditionally like dadoed and hot glued. And there's a couple staples holding it together while the hot glue sets up. So there's not a lot there, but it looks like maybe somebody missed hot glue day or the material wasn't dadoed correctly. They don't say exactly what the issue is, but you know it's serious when they have to recall 235,000 cabinets which is, in my book, you know, months of cabinets coming out of there because that's only the wall cabinets. So that's the issue right there. So you got a real big problem with that, uh, people loading stuff up on there. So that is something I would really take a look at. And that's American Woodmark recalling Continental or Hampton Bay cabinets. Take a look at your kitchen cabinets, folks. I don't want to see anybody losing grandma's dishes or something coming out of the cabinet right there because the backs are coming off of them and the cabinets are hitting the floor. So be very careful. Now, another one out there real quick. All of you Peloton users, Peloton recalls 2 million exercise bikes due to a fall and injury hazard which tells me one thing that I'm worried about on this one. Consumers should stop using the the recalled exercise bikes. Um, the bike seat post assembly can break during use, posing a fall and injury hazard. I don't want to see that happen. That could be a bad situation where you could get really hurt. I don't want that post breaking off and then having something stabbing at you. Not a good picture that nobody wants to see. All right, everybody, if you want more information about Around the House, head over to aroundthehouseonline.com. And then we're going to have some special stuff coming up here in June. We're going to have uh, some exclusive content. And I'm going to give uh, for the podcast users out there some ability to uh, have some special deals out there as well. So make sure and follow us on any podcast player and appreciate all of you radio listeners out there. If you're not on the radio where you're hearing us, and if you uh, want to, hey, I want to hear this on the radio, contact your favorite local AM FM station and see if they will pick up around the house of the Talk Media Network. All right, everybody, have a great rest of the week. We've got a next hour, which is spectacular. We're going to be talking about bathroom design and some of the coolest things you can do to save yourself on laundry and have a more comfortable showering or bathing experience. Something that I think you're going to want to add to your home, and that's coming up in the next hour. For more information... 
We'll see you on social media, Around the House Show. Thanks for tuning in to Around the House. We'll see you in the next hour. Don't go anywhere. Come on. We have some exciting news about the Around the House podcast. Do you want to be an Around the House insider? Our premium membership gives you early access to the weekend podcast, exclusive access to our back catalog of shows, special email access to me, Eric G., with your own home improvement questions with a priority email address, plus exclusive new shows and extended content. Click down into the podcast show notes for the link to the Around the House insider membership for less than the price of a beer at happy hour. Join me for this limited amount of exclusive members. And thanks for listening to Around the House.